welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Hello, Broads. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I didn't know I said that as such a rich... Broads. I sound like the rich woman <laughs> saying it from my balcony. We're with, proper now. I don't hello, know. Hello, Broads. I don't know if you've heard, but we're fancy now. Or just rich and famous. <laughs> so rich. If you if so you're not watching help the with video, my college loans. <laughs> if you're not watching the video right now, you won't see that we're currently lounging on an island drinking Mai Tais Covered in, in some fur. Faux, exclusive obviously. Caribbean <laughs> Yes, fur on the Caribbean island. It's baking hot, but it's fantastic. <laughs> this is the broad island now. The broad island. Okay. Well, listen, okay, today I'm super excited because we have a special guest. And we, do. we are going to be talking about some therapy, some boundaries. We're going to get real. <sighs> We're going to get uh, deep with it, broads. You're going to love it. It's going to be fantastic. But before that, we wanted to do a little bit of catch up, catch up time. A couple things. A uh, couple things. Okay. Yes. What are you going to say? Do it, girl. Okay. Uh, and hit it. Did you know? that Rachel and Raven weren't friends anymore? Aren't friends anymore? I did not. And I ended up seeing that Colton posted on a oh, photo of bitch. Rachel. Like, like, does Rachel like anyone oh, no, anyways? No, no, no. That's what he said. The, the comment actually get me very peeved, even though, like, I like Colton and I like his girlfriend. We just adopted kittens from Cassie and Michelle. We can't who say anything negative them. about <laughs> Well, the comment no, was just rude. The comment was rude. Colton, if you're listening to this, love ya. But the comment was extremely rude. Yeah. So apparently Rachel said that Rave look, here's what I'm gonna say first of all. Obviously, we are Rachel stands hard. She can do no wrong in my eyes. Well, no, that's not true. And Everyone can. Like I do wrong in my eyes all day and I love myself. Yes. Well, <laughs> she seems like a loyal person, though, and like a good friend yeah, and a ride or die, all these kind of things. She said that Raven on, on uh, Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, she love said that. that Raven did something. She promised she wouldn't say what, but it caused her to not want to be friends with her anymore. And when Andy said, are you friends now? She said, no, and I never will be again. Whoa. I wonder what happened. I don't know. And I'm dying to fucking know. Oh, my God. Well, and then Colton commented under, you know, some photo, which is hilarious because it was like some media outlet posting a photo. I know. I love that. Colton follows like (laughs) E! News and decides to comment under it to weigh in on the tea. Like what? (laughs) He loves his tea. He's getting ready to be a talk show host (laughs) or something. He's like, I have an opinion. I guess so. So then he comments and he goes, oh, shocker. Rachel's mad again. Who doesn't she like at this point? And she goes, yeah. And she goes, she's always mad about something or someone or something like that. And then that got me mad because I was like, OK, the angry black woman trope is a real fucking thing. And he's just going to say that Rachel's mad all the time about things. This bitch has a right to be mad about things all the time. Well, also, and it sounds like what happened kind of sucked. Well, then Colton apparently follows up in the comments under that. And is like, she's just always seems to have something bad to say about me. Funny thing is, she doesn't know me in real life. And I'm like. Oh, there you go. And also oh, just like, this oh, is gosh. what's going on. I'm so sorry if you've ever listened to our podcast. That's, <laughs> that's what's going on. Rachel said some shit about his yeah. season and yeah. said that she wasn't fan. Come on, Colton. I could see Rachel not being a fan of Colton. Oh, definitely. Remember I don't see the of the season? Oh, yeah. Her like Insta stories were hilarious. Oh, it was amazing. She, she was just like yawning and like rolling. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. But this is the thing, Colton. She's just commenting on the reality TV show like she does about literally everyone's season. It's not personal, buddy. No. Anyway, 
that's the tea. I just want to know what Raven <sighs> did. I want to know. So, Me do you have any guesses of what it could possibly be? I mean, my brain always goes to, to like, like the boyfriend. I know, which I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, what Raven? They was both tra- were in relation. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe like maybe like Rachel knows that Raven cheated or something. Like that. I'm not gonna start that rumor, but I just <laughs> I can't think of I something. I, any I can't think of, of something a friend would do where you'd be like, I'm never gonna be friends again. That wouldn't involve like a boyfriend. I guess I'm not thinking creatively. Parents, debt, mansions. <laughs> it's all flashing before my eyes. I don't know, but it's sad, you know. I, I don't know why Tia is coming to my mind. Like maybe it has something to do with Tia? I don't know. It always feels like it does to me. Maybe it's like a money thing, like some sort of opportunity or something. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was like, it's like a James Charles Tati situation. Like, like oh, Raven was shit. like, you know, pay, like I have this company and you're going to post about this. And then Raven went and did say, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Stole money from her house. Uh, well, there's the tea okay. is alive this week with the bachelor too, because apparently Tyler and Gigi broke up. Oh yeah. Heaven is crying. God is sad. And all women of the world are rejoicing collectively. Well, and then there was that rumor that apparently Christina or Christina Shulman and Tyler were spotted out together at Catch eating a one-on-one dinner. And everyone was like, are Christina and Tyler dating? Oh, my God. But Katie was like, Katie Morton popped in and was like, no, that's going to be a false. Oh. So not too much. But I was just, I'm just been wondering like katie we haven't seen katie and chris at all together we haven't seen uh really much of Tasha and jpj together honestly the only couple that we're seeing together a ton since paradise are hannah and dylan well i heard t that jpj moved to la to be an actor and Tasha is now moving away from la to move to new york really this is what i heard <gasps> coast to coast relationship drama i don't know i mean i do love sometimes a long uh, long distance relationship I think it can keep it like fun and sexy. I'm just like John Paul Jones said, you're going to go be an actor. I mean, I can see it, but (laughs) okay. Uh, One more thing. Yeah. Real quick. Um, I wanted to address, I mean, we had some feedback on our episode last Thursday. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really know how to address it, but basically people were uh, felt offended and were just a little uh, disappointed that we had a conversation about, Fat phobia and diet culture and the three mm-hmm. women, including ourselves, who were discussing it, mm-hmm. uh, were relatively thin, uh, white, conventionally attractive women. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think I believe the national average now in size is a 12 or a 14. Yeah. So it's like we're technically all like thin women compared mm-hmm. to the national average. Anyway, I just wanted to address it because I think... Maybe the mistake that we made, I mean, we talked openly about our own experiences, which is obviously valid, but I think the mistake we made was kind of speaking with authority about maybe what it's like to live in a culture with, you know, fat phobia and diet culture and all that kind of thing. And I think we did make a bit of a mistake because we didn't take into account the experiences of people who really don't fit our societal standards mm-hmm, of beauties, mm-hmm. beauty, people with different color skin, people with very large bodies, people who are disabled, you know, all these things that society looks on as less attractive. And um, I think we made a maybe a, a, an accidental misstep not representing those groups of people who 
truly are targets every day and attacks and are attacked every day for simply existing in their bodies. Yeah, I definitely think that with this specific podcast, it was like, this is such an important conversation. And one that honestly, like if I'm being truthful, is more of like a new conversation to me. Mm. Um, I, you know, growing up in Orange County, everything was very, very physically based and I'm now like learning more and more about different types of people and like the struggles that I was, to be honest, just like so fucking blind to. And it's embarrassing for me even to like admit it. And I think with the uh, having Sarah on, I know for me personally, Sarah has been someone online that's like really helped me when I've had down days and she has so many amazing things to say. But like Becca was saying, I think definitely when we're going to have a conversation about these bigger things like fat phobia, like we definitely, you know, want to make sure that we're taking into account the fact that like, yo, Jess, life's been pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not d- discounting the fact that I have had, your have had major struggles and that it's been really difficult in my own life personally with my own battles or anyone listening to the episode who felt really connected to that. I don't want to discount that at all. But yes, at the same time, it's like, okay, but I do have to acknowledge the fact that I am a white woman in a conventionally thin body. I am... Like, I mean, I have an able body. Like, this is, yeah. Yeah, and um, I just want to agree that I do believe as a podcast we have a responsibility to represent a variety of people, not just people who look like us and experience the same privileges we do. And I want to take this into account as often as we can moving forward. And, yeah, that's that's that. Definitely. And I I want to say, too, that, like, I think sometimes, you know, um, we will, again, like we, we know each other, we have similar friends, like whatever. So when we're looking at guests, it's kind of like, oh, we know this person, we know this person. Please send us people that you feel like you would like us to see and to, and to talk to. I, um, I want to learn more. I want to grow. We're growing in this podcast um, like every day. That's been one of the biggest blessings, honestly, about this. We started this as like a fun thing. And I've all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my gosh, from this community, I'm learning so much. And I appreciate everyone who comes in and says things kindly and like can open our eyes about stuff. So I'm very grateful for that. But, yeah, we want to take that into account moving forward. And with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> exactly. To quote Spider-Man. But we love you guys. We love you so so very much um and thank you for all feedback and thank you for all the feedback truly and off of that (laughs) off of that we do have a special treat because we adore you because we adore you so much broads i cannot wait to tell you about this next company because they have given us something so great so grand i truly have no words i am so honored to tell you about song finch Okay, Songfinch is a website that works with hundreds of professional artists, musicians, actually a songwriting community of 350 plus professional musicians and growing, to be exact. They bring your stories and memories to life through one of a kind radio quality songs with personalized songs starting at $99 and delivered within a week. They'll handcraft the best gift you can give. I mean, this is the coolest gift for weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, Mother's Day and Father's Day, Christmas for newborns, so many options. And to be able to have a song written for you or about you for forever, it's so special and it's so cool. And it doesn't have to be sweet. It can be hilarious, too. The artists Songfinch uses are top notch and they'll deliver what you want. 
When I went on the website to order uh, this song, I was obsessed with the website because you can choose the style of music you want, male or female singer. You can give topics and specific phrases and everything you want included. Uh, You can be super specific or give the artist free range. And when they deliver the song for you, it's the most exciting. Personalized songs start at $99 and are delivered, excuse me, within seven days. Such a quick turnover. And if you know the music industry at all, a full personalized song for $99 is the best deal. Yeah, it really is. And today's song pinch has an offer for our broads that gives you a personalized song from scratch using promo code chatty. You can get $20 off that today. That's promo code chatty for $20 off your personalized song from scratch. $20 off your personalized song from scratch with promo code chatty. So that makes it what? $79? Oh, that's a bargain. Bargain. Um, Okay. So Songfitch has done the most oh, by man. creating for us via their artist, Yusu Kim, a song for you. Yes, it is a song that Becca and I want to dedicate to our broads. So without further ado, enjoy Broad, Broad Squad. Squad. Hey, broads, can we just talk about this badass group of hot knockouts Loyal, powerful, so open-minded It's no contest, it's the side And we love it when we're with you Cause we can be us Sexuality, postpartum, life, can we discuss? We always laugh when we're together So who do we pick to be with forever? This rose goes to our broad squad But you let us go way deeper than that If we had a single rose, it should go We give it to our frogs Give it to our frog squad We also love our broad bros You support us so we're the dark horse A batch nation banned by ABC As for me and my house, we will serve the tea can even talk the meaning of life and God With our very lovely Bible broads There's nothing we can't learn together So who would we want to be with forever? This rose goes to our broad squad You mean everything to us that's real time We might do bachelor and bachelorette recaps But you let us go way deeper than that I, I, we should have uh, we should next hire them to make a song for fab fit fun oh my gosh <laughs> you're welcome fab fit fun we're about to do you a big favor for here <laughs> <laughs> but for real broads uh yes the lyrics for the song the song itself we'll put it in the link tree you can download oh, yeah. it you can listen to it you can share it and we love you for you we give you our rose broads and use that code <laughs> chatty to get your own song from Songfinch, babe yeah come on broads. you can give one to anyone all right time for our guest time for our guest she's been sitting on the sidelines for the past like 30 minutes i know minutes. how rude are we we so <laughs> appreciate that you let us spill all the batch tea for no, a hot it's minute so fun. <laughs> i our, love hearing the tea before it comes <laughs> out any of that 
that team? I haven't, but I do love Rachel. So if she no. says something, I'll listen. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I will listen. <laughs> Although oh I like God. Raven too, so it's okay. All yeah. right. Well, <laughs> tell us a little about who you are, what yeah. you do how you got doing that, your little bio of yeah. sorts. Yeah. So, hello, I'm Sarah. Um, <laughs> I am, my official title is Associate Marriage and Family Therapist. And um, I work mostly with women who are in their 20s and 30s, though I really work with all people. I just sort of so happened that that's the people that are drawn to me, which I'm not complaining about. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the things that we kind of work on, is that part of this question? Sure. Yes. Um, Is a lot of like perfectionism and people pleasing, um, relational issues. Another thing that I find has been coming up a lot is trying to figure out how to trust yourself Hmm. and not rely on other people to tell you what to do and how to do it. Are those issues you think are um, more specific to women than men? Do you do you ever work with men? I do work with men. I'm seeing it more with women. I don't think it's a women's issue and not a men's issue. Exclusively, right. Yeah, but in my personal experience, I'm seeing it more with females than with males, though there's still a lot of perfectionism with men that I'm seeing as well. It just kind of manifests in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you get started? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. (laughs) How did you get started doing your work? Yeah. So I was always interested in psychology and just the human experience. Um, I wasn't someone who loved school, so I kind of wrote off becoming a therapist because I'm like, that's, that's too many degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So many years. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once I graduated from my undergraduate, which I, I got my degree in interpersonal communication. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's still relevant. Yeah. Um, I kind of figured out that working in an office in kind of a corporate setting was not my vibe. Were you doing sort of like a, like a HR kind of role or? So I was working under the HR umbrella of a production studio. So I was also in entertainment, which also just wasn't, I am not passionate about it. So, um, wasn't my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm always grateful for that job and the struggles that I had in it because that really encouraged me to do some soul searching and, then deciding to go for it and apply to graduate programs and it sort of all worked out (laughs) from there here you are and here I am well when you say people pleasing I want to like throw myself on the couch and have you just like you know pull a full like doctor on me (laughs) I'm right there with you sister (laughs) I mean I think it's something it's it's interesting it's something well well actually I want to dive into that in a second I'm I'm curious too about your upbringing where you come came from yeah what city you grew up in siblings totally. that kind of thing. okay fun <laughs> um so I was born in Northern California in oh, okay. Monterey Bay yeah um Very familiar yeah it's a beautiful area um but spent from ages 6 to 18 in Southern Oregon in a little town called Jacksonville and I have one older sister and yeah, I actually, I always resonate with your guys' episodes when you're talking about your upbringing and, and your religion. Oh, okay. I'm very much so on a similar page. So grew up actually homeschooled until yeah. high school <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a conservative Christian family yeah. and community and went to um, private Christian high school and um, private Christian mm-hmm. undergraduate and it was kind of like halfway through my schooling at Biola University. Shout yep. out yeah. to Biola. 
CBU over no, here. Like, so. yeah. oh, I love it. <laughs> and like half of the people from my school went yeah. to Bible too. Yeah. Or Azusa, one of the two. Yes, you know. rivals. Yes. My sister did grad school at Azusa. Oh, so we have a year of um, but yeah, kind of developed my own belief system halfway through and started thinking for myself. Um, luckily, the program or the the major that I was in in communication, you know, a lot of those professors are very progressive and were, you know, more about teaching you how to think than what to think. Mm-hmm. And so I really attribute a lot of my you know, identity and belief system to a lot of those people, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. I was able to make it my own. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I feel like, uh, especially like when you were saying, I don't want to put the box in and say that men can't be the certain way, but yeah. it definitely is um, like the people pleasing end of things seems like, you know, I don't know if it's via historically, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like people pleasing can tend to seem like it's more of a tendency for women. Yeah. Um, and an expectation for women yeah. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you're not comfortable, um, wanting to do something, then you're difficult mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, itchy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have a lot of women who are then kind of like coming to you saying like, help me. I feel like, is it like anxiety or stress mm-hmm. because of this, this thing? Like, what is it typically? Yeah. Look a like? lot of it is, um, feeling confusion of Mm. not really knowing what they want and what they need and and the decisions that they want to make because there's so many outside voices telling them what they should be doing. Mm. So a lot of it is kind of eliminating shoulds to um, then strengthen your internal voice and really getting in touch with your intuition and listening to yourself. Um, But yeah, a lot of anxiety manifests from people-pleasing to be honest, a lot of resentment in relationships um, when you don't have boundaries and everything is on other people's terms, it's really easy to be pissed about that. Yeah. And it's interesting because I never thought I was a people pleaser. And mm-hmm. I don't mean to say this in a shady way or throw you under the bus, but I always thought of people pleasers more in the way it manifests for you, Jess. Oh, yeah. Where you're someone that <laughs> you can read it all over me. That's fine. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, you know, the the way that it manifests for you maybe is like wanting to, to, yeah, not wanting to like stir things up with people, wanting right. people to like, not wanting to disappoint, not wanting people. to upset people, yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Exactly. And maybe that's like the more obvious way that we label it. And it's not, it wasn't until recently that I realized, you know, cause I thought I'm like, well, I don't care what people think when I say things and like, I'm, I do whatever and I'm not a people pleaser. And then I realized that, especially in my interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. I, am a subtle people pleaser in fact last night i was spiraling because my boyfriend wanted me to go to a housewarming party that he'd been looking forward to for us going with um uh, me going with him too um just at the same time you text me asking if i could come early for the podcast i had an interior decorator there who was like asking me questions and like and, and i i was feeling like oh my god i'm mm-hmm. gonna cry something's gonna happen right now and then i realized okay I'm not being truthful with the interior decorator because I want to make her happy and don't want to seem rude by shutting Mm -hmm. down all of her choices. I don't want to disappoint my boyfriend and say that I don't really want to go to this housewarming party because I'm overwhelmed and tired and I need to do homework, even though you've been looking forward to it for three weeks. And I don't want to let down my business partner and friend and say that I can't come early because I don't want to come off as being lazy. And then I realized like, wait, 
all these things I'm saying yes to, I don't really have to. And it was really hard for me, but I turned and I was like, interior decorator, no. Grayson, no, I'm not going to the party. And just, no, I can't come early. And it was like, literally last night, I had this mind-blowing thing where I'm like, I'm saying yes all the time. And it's getting to the point where every two months I have a breakdown and I want to quit everything. Mm -hmm. That was a bit of a rant, but it's just like, I I guess I didn't realize that people pleasing can manifest itself in different ways that maybe aren't so obvious. Yeah. And it's just not a sustainable way of living. Like you said, it's just, you feel exhausted and like every limb is being pulled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what you're, when you're talking B, I'm thinking like, I remember, I forget where I heard it, but I remember someone saying, and maybe this is like a very common phrase, but boundaries, what boundaries are is basically just yes and no. Oof. And like, so when you're talking about your people pleasing thing, it's like, okay, yeah, mine's the, like the, she's wearing it like a coat and everyone can see it on her. But with you, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not, not saying it's no. not, it's not that emotion. It's just like not saying it's no just or saying, saying no, it's yes. chill. Yeah. I can make it work. Right. Right. Even though you can't like, and being like, okay, I, I can't handle it. But instead of like, not the emotions necessarily, but just like the actual words of like, yes, no, those are boundaries and yeah. boundaries aren't emotional. Yeah. You don't even have mm. to explain it is something I also had a light bulb on of, mm. I don't have to to explain myself and be like i'm sorry i'm really tired i don't want to like whatever right. and just being like that's not gonna work for me right mm-hmm. and oh. actually when you think about it in that way it can be quite empowering to the people that you're saying no to because once you empower yourself to say actually no i'm exhausted i have a bunch of other things to do so i'm going to put the kibosh on that mm-hmm. um other people are like oh that's an option. That's yeah. so like, true. That's a super reasonable reason why you can't come. Yeah. I guess I could do that too. Yeah. That's so true. So it's a nice way of looking at it for us people pleasing people pleasers. Yeah, it gives right. them an invitation to like say it's your turn next. Yeah, well, it's like a yeah. kind thing to do at the end of the day, not only mm. to yourself but to other people. Yeah, well I think about like people that I'm that I have like surrounded myself with then and even though obviously you have the struggle but you don't come off that way. When I'm around people who are who can like say in certain certain situations like I can't. Yeah. I'll be like at first my little like sensitive brain is like, "Ugh." And then after about five minutes, I'm just like, I'm going to, I want to try that too. And I can do that too. That gives, it does give you permission and it really Mm -hmm. is, it really is empowering, which is such a good thing to remember when you're like, I can't say no to this person because I'm going to break them. Or I thought of, funny enough, I thought of you because Jess, when she doesn't get her money's worth with things. I've actually posted about oh, this God. recently. When Jess doesn't get her money's worth of things, she's like, no, I'm not going to. And it's so funny, but that's like, like, <laughs> that's I don't the, know if you talked about That's the this one <laughs> thing that for some reason, <laughs> in my older age, I'm just like, yeah, if I did not get my value, then I'm going to be like, excuse me. Like, I just, it's no, oh, I'm not going to pay a long it. story, but I found it hilarious. Jess and her husband stayed at this hotel oh, that they love in Palm Springs. Long mm-hmm. story short, there was like a rager going on that weekend and it was disgusting. Vomit in the hallways, all that oh. kind of stuff. So she was like numerous times. So basically, long story short, she demanded her money back for the weekend. I did. Fair Good for you. Fair, yeah. right? But it didn't come naturally right away. But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to lose a couple hundred bucks and I wanted to have this fun trip Mm -hmm. and so I just gave him a call and and I was like you know what 
I am a patron of this hotel very frequently, so <laughs> I feel customer. comfortable saying that I can say, like, I feel comfortable saying this, but I'm just going to put this out there and let you know that there has been vomit in my halls four <laughs> times within the past 10 hours, and I've called three times, and now there's a fourth vomit, and I can't handle it anymore, and there's a raging party, and there was no notice posted anywhere that there was going to be a raging party today, and they gave me my money back. Yeah, and I actually, I, I've kept that in my mind ever since. I'm like, oh, man. Jess would probably turn around and she'd get her money back. So I'm going to try it. That That's the, the one thing that I can do. Four vomits was four too many vomits. Four, four too many vomits. Disgusting. Four too many vomits. Anyway. Um, but do you give like when you are um, speaking with your clients, do you have like a way to help them create boundaries or like, do you mind explaining boundaries? Or maybe a good place to start to would be um, what are some red flags that you need to start setting more boundaries mm-hmm. Ooh, yes yeah all great questions Amazing. um so you know i think i touched on the resentment piece earlier mm-hmm. i think if you're feeling resentful or taken advantage of in a relationship that's a good indicator that mm-hmm. maybe you're not holding your boundaries very well or maybe they're not there um also if you're feeling like you were describing before like pulled in a million different directions and you're saying yes to too many things that's another indicator. Um, if you feel like your energy is just being drained, then maybe you're giving too much of yourself. Mm. Maybe it's not to too many things, but too much to one thing. Mm. Or one person. Or mm. one person. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't have like a specific formula for how um, you create the boundary because for everyone in every situation, it's very different. But there was something that I read recently from Elizabeth Gilbert, who's... Love. Yeah, you pray love. Amazing. Um, I'm noticing maybe, I don't know why, but I'm like sing talking a little bit. So that's uncomfortable. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sing talk away. No, you're like, voice is like very relaxing to <laughs> oh, me. I'm like, please thanks. continue. <laughs> um, but she talked about boundaries in a cool way of anything that you draw a circle around and deem sacred is then holy and sacred. And anyone who wants to enter into that circle must also have that same attitude mm. that this, the thing within the circle is sacred. And right. anyone who cannot or will not have that attitude can just wait outside. Oof. Could, you, so, could you bring a practical example to that? Yeah, so let's say... Um, you have a critical parent who's criticizing the way that you're raising your daughters. Yeah. Um, then maybe you put, you draw a boundary around talking about your parenting. Mm. And so unless they're able to treat that topic um, in a respectful way, then they just don't get to talk about it mm-hmm, with you. Mm-hmm. But if they're willing to you know, have a respectful attitude and, and, you know, respect the way that you're wanting to treat it, then come on in. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. How do you go about having that conversation with someone is immediately what I think. How how would I hypothetically say that to my mother? (laughs) You know, you know, you can't talk about my parents. Like that's, yeah. That's sometimes yeah. like the biggest battle is like, how are, how are you going to say that to someone, especially someone that you've known for your whole life? Of course. Maybe. And I think that drawing those boundaries with a parent or a close family member or a spouse is the absolute hardest thing yeah. to do. 
Um, but it, it takes a lot of courage and just going for it and having that conversation and, and not, um, being punitive or blaming or negative. It's, this is something that you're choosing to do to protect something. I think the blame, when I hear blaming, I go, Oh, that's like, that's like the word for me that I know that I'll, when I am having a confrontation specifically with like a family member or Mm -hmm. Evan, I will blame. Yeah. And instead of taking ownership and being like, okay, I, like you said, this is my sacred space. Like I need this to be spoken about delicately Mm -hmm. or how, whatever have you, but I'll throw blame big time and Mm -hmm. say, because you did this and use those words. Like you are making me feel this way. Yeah. You, whenever I talk to you about this, I get anxiety. Right. 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 The way that you approach it is not helpful for Mm -hmm. me. I don't know if you recall that I have mental issues. sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) You to be sensitive instead of just being like, yeah. Oh, not, not putting the blame and just making it like, this is valuable to me yeah. and I need this. I'm sorry to keep asking for examples, but oh, could you okay. get a, give an example of a way of approaching it that does include like blame and that kind of thing. And then a way that doesn't like how oh. to remove those kind of things. Yeah. So, you know, I'll just kind of go off of the topic that we're talking about. So if it's like, you know, you're not I don't know, sleep training your baby and you should be doing that. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> did, you, did you hear my conversation with my mother? No. I just know that's a hot button topic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, you know, so instead of being like, well, um, well, actually, here, I'm going to throw it back to you. What would your kind of gut wrenching response be if someone was criticizing that? I don't know if that's a thing for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and with that specific thing in particular. Or or if you just had that conversation yeah. with your mother, maybe you should go. <laughs> well, my my sweet mother um, you know, was seeing that I was struggling with sleeping as a as a mother, which just I think happens, mm-hmm. but she right away was just like kinda down my throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my fun language. <laughs> She was fucking down my throat <laughs> telling me, you need to sleep train your kid. And then every time I'd see her, she'd text me or I'd be like, she'd see me. I'd be like, how are you? I'd be like, well, I'm tired. She'd be like, well, have you sleep started sleep training your child yet? Uh-huh. And kind of be like that. And um, my beautiful response um, was along the lines of um, you. Well, you know, I am alone. I don't have anyone to help me. And you are throwing this at me and I could use more of your help. So if you want to come over and help sleep train the kid, you're welcome to come sleep trainer. Or if you want to pay for the sleep trainer, you're welcome to. But yeah, haven't we we all done it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I can can jump off that and think of other examples of the same kind of dialogue. You know, if Grayson's going like, well, did you? This is sounds. This didn't really happen, and it sounds awful. But he'd be like, "You didn't take my pants to the laundromat, you know, whatever." <laughs> like I'm his little robot housewife or something, you know. And I'd be like, "Well, I'm sorry. I have to fucking take care of the kid. I have to clean the whole house. I do a podcast. I'm going to school, and and you expect me to do that? I'm sorry. Maybe if you came home from your gym every once in a while, you oh, could do some of this yourself. 100%. You know that kind mm-hmm. of thing." So, okay, so how do we not talk <laughs> like that to the people we love? I'm looking to stay married for yeah. a while. <laughs> a little while longer. So, yeah, with both of these examples, um, what comes to mind is using I statements, which is something that I talk about a lot in everything, but specifically in couples therapy sessions. I'm laughing because I've heard this before, and you know how I do it? Well, I feel like you're being... <laughs> I feel about what you're doing. I, I just feel like 
you're a fucking asshole and you don't help at all. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like all my friends talk shit about you and say that I deserve better. <laughs> That's how I feel. And you know what? I feel like I do deserve better. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, I'm laughing because that? that's how my eye statements, yeah, yeah, I yeah. turn those around. There's an opportunity for growth here <laughs> in the way that those are used. <laughs> yeah. Sarah's like, I'm so glad I came. But yeah, so more, more so leaving some of that stuff off yeah. and stopping <laughs> at the feeling word. So, mm. you know, I'm feeling really overwhelmed mm. and honestly, I'm doing the best I can and I'm feeling kind of criticized right now. That might not be what you're trying to do, but that's really what it feels like to me right now. Mm. Like, is that like, what, what do you mean by that kind of thing? So you can always offer an opportunity for the person to, um, correct what they're saying. Mm. Like, I'm feeling like you're attacking me. Like, is that what you're trying to do? And right. then they could be like, no, I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And actually, I was even just thinking going off that, I was thinking of that exact phrase, like, I feel like you're attacking me. And even mm. that I was thinking might make someone feel whatever. And maybe I was thinking I could even switch around and say, instead, I'm feeling defensive mm-hmm. because that takes away like that person's action because 100%. you're assuming their action and yes. instead knowing what you're feeling. Yes. Like, yeah, that is right. Cause feel, you're right. <laughs> Attacked isn't a feeling. Defensive right. is the feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's really interesting, actually. I thinking about that, about uh-huh. the verb like that the person can do to you. Someone can't yeah. defensive you. I mean they can defend you, but you know, like yeah. maybe yeah. thinking about the words you're saying. Yes. And making sure you're not talking about what that person's doing to you. Yeah. Because you don't know what they're doing to you. Totally. Yeah. That's why it's like the check-in. Of what what are you trying to do right, right. now, uh-huh. kind of thing? Because I kind of have a feeling like you're not trying to do yeah. what I'm feeling. Right. Um, but anyway, so then you can, as we're kind of talking about this circle boundary thing, you can then invite them to um, speak about whatever the topic is in a different way, and almost lay out the parameters of what that would entail. Um, mm. So if we're talking about Ember sleep training. You know, I'm I'm feeling exhausted. I feel, you know, like I or maybe I'm not feeling alone. enough. Yeah. Like when we talk about this, I feel like I'm not enough. Yeah. Or it, like I'm not a good mom. Yeah. Or like something like 100%. that. A hundred percent. Whatever whatever the feeling is, just own whatever that is. Yeah. And even invite them to, you know, I would love for us to continue to talk about this. Your help is so valuable to me. Um but I, I want us to have a positive dialogue about this. So if you want to talk about it and help me, I welcome that. This is the way that you can do that and yeah. spell that out for them. So explaining, explaining what you need. Exactly. Whatever that is specifically. But yeah. it's, you know, no one can read minds. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess some people can. <laughs> the average person cannot read minds. Mm-hmm. Unless and you're a mentalist. Yes. You mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think I that's something then that I'll struggle with because of speaking of reading minds. Um I this sounds this is like such a humble brag, but like I feel like I'm just naturally like a more intuitive person Mm -hmm. so I can like maybe read the room better. or I can read someone's feelings more. So then I find myself assuming Mm -hmm. where instead of being like, you know what, Jess, you need to just give the person the benefit of the doubt and know like, for instance, we'll talk about my mom. 
my mom is wired very differently than me. Um, I've talked about it before, but I will gather her up and assume the negative sometimes mm-hmm. and assume that she's disappointed in me as a child. And so right. that's why she's speaking it's to maybe me. Just a question. Yeah. Exactly. Even though the way she just kind of goes about things in general just isn't maybe like my jive so much. So she'll throw that at me like, why haven't you done this yet? And she's just kind of more intense mm-hmm. instead of like just saying, mom, I need you to like, you're saying asking for help would be so beneficial. Just saying, Hey, I, this is how you can say this to me. correctly instead of just being like you hate me and you don't think Uh I'm a good parent and then assuming that she you know because the other thing too especially with a topic like this is I'm sure that your mom truly does want to help of course and that it's coming from a positive place and a lot a lot of times when these types of situations happen the person on the other side really does have good intentions so this is a really great way to invite them to interact with you in a way that actually is productive and Mm. meaningful yes and in turn that's almost giving them a gift because then they're able to actually do what they're trying to do yeah and i was thinking as we were talking about all this that with people that are close to you and that you trust you probably don't want to do this with someone that's not in that sphere what you're talking about is sort of like opening rather than pushing away. Yes. So if you're opening yourself and saying like, you know, admitting vulnerability, like I'm feeling defensive, I'm feeling inadequate. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling these things. It's different than, you know, you know, you don't fucking help out enough or whatever. It's just two different, like when you're opening and especially with someone that loves you and that you have that relationship with, they're going to want to like kind of help fill that void and be like, no, you, you know, and you Mm -hmm. might get the affirmation. I mean, you might not, but Mm -hmm. you have a better chance of it. I feel if you're, if you are opening and you can feel better about it too, because whenever we push people away out of fear or anger, that doesn't really feel good for us either. Mm hmm. Yeah. feels better to kind of come from that opening place like you were saying Definitely. i like that visual yeah able to almost kind of like see from the outside in mm-hmm. a little more than being just like in the heat of the moment yeah because the other thing you know when we're thinking about boundaries is oftentimes i think we have this idea um i used the word earlier punitive that it's like this thing that we're punishing someone mm-hmm. for uh-huh. Um, that it's, we're angry, we're resentful, we're, you know, putting up a wall, like, screw you, you can't touch me now. Uh And that's not actually a healthy boundary. The healthy boundary is more what we were talking about. It's flexible even, Mm -hmm. you know, we grow as people and the people that we're in relationships with grow. And as that happens, we can, you know, readjust. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we've been talking about taking care of our uh, of us and our emotional health, but it also is important to take care of our physical health, our insides. And um, one great way that we can do this is through the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powders. And our favorite way to get the right stuff is with Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to get the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powders for your specific needs, whether you're looking for glowing skin, more energy, better sleep, or something to support your health and fitness routine. Care Of helps you build and stick with a plan that's right just for you. Um, If you're like me, 
you don't really have any idea where to start with vitamins and supplements. So walk into a vitamin store. It might as well be a calculus store because I just don't get it at all. But Care of makes it simple for you. Um, all I had to do was take this five-minute quiz that was actually really fun regarding my lifestyle and health concerns um, or desires in that moment. And I got a research-backed recommendation with vitamins, supplements, and protein powders I needed based completely on my personalized quiz results. Then they ship it right to your door in daily packets with your name on it, giving me absolutely no excuse not to take the vitamins every day. Um, even if you're traveling, they're so convenient. I love Care of so much. And also, 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 Care of cares about the environment with their new compostable packs that meet the same quality and safety standards, and they have a ton of info on how to compost them on their website. Love Care of because they care about you and your health and the overall well-being of this here planet broads so join me on this health girl fall listen hot girl summer we feel you we see you you will continue to be one with us but we're doing this health girl fall mentally physically spiritually and you can start today with care of for 25 percent off your first care of order go to takecareof.com and enter chatty that's 25% off your first care of order go to takecareof.com and enter chatty Okay, I just want to let you ladies know that I have to leave in 15 minutes for baby. Heads up, <gasps> but baby I got the girl. next 15 minutes to chat. <laughs> Let's chat it up. So I have a particular question uh, that I actually think, again, a lot of women may be able to relate to. You got that one friend who's a taker. Mm-hmm. Most of us have one. And if you don't have one, you might be <laughs> one. <laughs> the friend who doesn't really understand that friendship is a two-way street and they only call you when they need a rant about what's going on in their life. And then after talking your ear off for 30 minutes, say, but anyway, I'm, I'm good. How are you? You know, that friend. And then they have to go in a minute. Yeah, and then they have to go like, <laughs> yeah, they have to go in like two minutes later. Um, maybe even that friend who's always asking you for advice but never takes it and keeps coming back mm. to you with the same problem. Are you, you feel like I know whoever you're talking about even though I don't? Oh, do, am I looking like, yes. oh no, I'm just like, there's a few people in my life that it's been like an ongoing battle of like, I love them, but I don't want to feel resentful. Yes. And yeah. I had a friend like that for 10 years, going on 10 years. And actually just recently I completely ended the friendship, mm -hmm. but I want to know like, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> This is probably a We're good purely time. Professional. <laughs> this is probably a good time to tell you I'm not interested in the podcast with you anymore. I'm okay. so sorry, um, but it's for my mental health. No boundaries. No, but um, it's difficult because mm -hmm. with this friend, I, I I cut it off twice because I was just like I can't do this anymore. You know, mm -hmm. there's some friends where you start feeling drained every time you talk mm -hmm. and every time you hang out together, and it's just not fun anymore. And I'm wondering if you have any advice about that situation. Maybe, yeah, signs that you have a friend yeah. that's a taker. Mm -hmm. Making sure you check yourself to make sure you're not doing that with your friendships. Do you have to cut it off? Do you not like, can, let's, mm -hmm. let's chat about that. Yeah. So I initially think that when you have a friend like that, one of the things that you can do is adjust your expectations mm. because if you expect that when they call they're gonna yammer on about themselves and <laughs> say oh yeah but how are you and oh actually I have to go bye <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like sitting there seething yeah 
it's not quite as um, powerful in a negative way if um, you expect it. You're like, yeah. oh, here's this friend. She's calling again. I'm either going to reject it because I'm not in the mood or I know this is our di- dynamics and I'm just going to kind of listen and maybe scroll on Instagram and uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, you have to go. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Um, whatever feels right for you. Uh-huh, like if yeah. you can do that and feel good about it, then there's nothing wrong with having a friendship like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, Maybe it's your friend that you just go out and party with. Yeah. And every once in a while you listen to her rants and whatever. Exactly. Cause the reality is, is if you're friends with someone like that, you're getting something out of that dynamic mm. and they're bringing something to the table. Yeah. Mm. Um, maybe, you know, secretly you kind of like that they share with you and, mm-hmm. Even if they don't take your advice, being able to give the advice feels kind of good because you feel a little bit powerful. Um, feel better about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> With Miss Mess. Yeah. But then at the same time, if you if you continually feel drained and resentful and angry or pissed or frustrated, then maybe you do what you did and have a conversation or not and end the relationship in whatever way feels appropriate to well, you. So this is what's interesting in my situation in particular it had been something that had been draining me for a long time Mm -hmm. but I felt bad ending the relationship because we had known each other for so long Mm -hmm. however there was a particular incident that Mm. happened where she screwed me over so then I felt like Mm. it was warranted for me to just dump her Mm because I was gonna say oh my gosh how did you end that but that's the thing it was like it was a relief for me when she did this thing and I was like oh thank god now I just won't talk to her anymore and I don't feel bad about that so if you don't have the luck of having this situation that makes it easy to cut someone out how might you go about that if you have a friend that's going on years of a relationship Mm -hmm. like that that's just exhausting and you're over it Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'll say this. I'm really not in the business of giving advice. Okay. That uh, is not what therapy is. Yeah. However, I do like giving advice. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't therapy. (laughs) True. You're a podcast guest right now. You're You're allowed to give all the advice. Um, I mean, no, I don't think there's one right way of of going about that. Well, let me ask you what you think about ghosting. Just you personally. What do you think about ghosting? Is it ever appropriate? Is it ever allowable? Yeah. Yeah. I think anything is allowable. Not anything. There are plenty of things that are allowable, but I don't know. I don't feel good about ghosting. I'm also a fairly straight shooter. So if I have a big issue with someone, I would rather share it with them because that's my personal interpersonal style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just appreciate like clear communication, yeah. straightforward communication. So you know, I would feel better about knowing why a friend of 10 years doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. It would suck and it would hurt, but I would rather know than wonder, like, what did I do? Like, what was it? Because then I love your face right now. Because oh, I'm just like, <laughs> what if my response is literally just like, I don't like you that much anymore and you're not that fun to be yeah. around anymore. But my, cha- my challenge to you. imagine someone said that to you. I know. <gasps> but my challenge to you, it probably wouldn't just be that. Mm. Right, like it would It'd probably be, all the be other things. I listed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, yeah. The, like, you know. all the other things. So you know, very rarely is it just like I don't like you anymore. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's deeper than that. Yeah, like like you were yeah. saying, like the draining thing. It's like you can only do maybe that so long with someone, and then it's like I feel zero appreciated in this relationship anymore. 
Um, and I don't feel comfortable like spending my time. You know what? I feel like after having my, my child, Mm -hmm. that was what was something that was super helpful for me Mm. is that all of a sudden I started to value my time more. Mm -hmm. And as much as it gives me like the major chills, like thinking about even having to do this with people, because I just, I feel, I feel like terrible, but it helped me kind of realize like, I only have so much time and I only have so much energy that I can give. And if I have a, a friend who's like a life sucker mm-hmm. and when I do have a night out, I don't want to hang out with that person mm-hmm. and it's literally draining me like to death. <laughs> like, I guess yeah. I'll have the awkward conversation instead of just like, like you said, getting resentful of being like, Hey, you know what? I, I do love you and I do care about you, but I just feel like I only have so much time and I, I don't feel like you really value our friendship. You value me being kind of like a prop to you when you talk at me. Or your life coach. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not getting paid yeah, for this exactly. time. Time is money. Maybe you know, need but... to see a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I know, um, for me, like the friend thing has gotten a little easier. I think maybe post like baby and then just being busier with life because you just maybe don't have as mm-hmm. much time for friends. Like and in, people also kind of let it go if you just like don't reply to them right. and all that. You mm-hmm. know, they're like, oh, she's busy. Right. She's, she's got busy. the baby. It's not personal. Yeah. <laughs> when I have a hard time when like it gets to like family and, um, and marriage. I know um, a lot of our listeners struggle a lot with, we've got a lot of DMs that have come through regarding um, in-laws mm. and like boundaries with in-laws and how do you set those up when you're dealing with two people who or one person who's not your actual like biological family and you're kind of almost going through your partner what do you mean by that like when like for instance Evan and I married he's got his parents love him but there definitely have been many many times in our relationship where lines have been majorly crossed that I found like it wasn't appropriate and being wired the way that I'm wired I for years was kind of like okay whatever I need to do to make you guys like me like I'm gonna do you know um but then I started to like get resentful because I was just like I feel like I'm kind of like puppet whatever but then I have my spouse who's the reason they're in my life. So when I'm upset at them and needing boundaries, he's like boundaries. These are my parents. Like Mm. you can't just tell your parent, like you can't just say to my parents, like off. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, I'm trying to like speak to people and handle a relationship when you're, when you're kind of forced to have to do it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think in-laws is a really difficult topic yeah um and initially just as I'm hearing you talk about that I more so see the work being done in the marriage okay then between you and the in-laws because there's a missing piece there of being on the same team Mm -hmm. there's still a little bit of yeah but I'm kind of in this situation a little bit more on my parents team because they're my parents right um so, you know, it's difficult because we all come from different families with different family cultures. Mm-hmm. And totally. That's, that's <laughs> family cultures is a big thing. Yeah. That is such a big thing. And <laughs> so there's an element of kind of doing a dance to navigate what's going to work for you guys. 
and you know he might have to be a little bit more rigid than he would like to be and you might have to be a little bit more loose than you'd like to be maybe there's a middle ground there um do you feel like striking some sort of agreement is like the best way to do it yeah I think just open communication is always a good thing and so if you're able to kind of clearly talk about what's bothering you and find some sort of solution together that you you both can be okay with. Like maybe talking about specifically what you're uncomfortable with or something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, understanding the root of why, like whatever, whatever line was crossed, talking mm-hmm. about how that made you feel mm-hmm. and why was that so not okay with you? What did mm-hmm. that trigger in you? Mm-hmm. And what's sort of like the bigger overarching message that you're getting with that line being crossed. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what did that mean to you? And, you know, having your partner really understand that is going to invite them to have more empathy for what where your stance is on the boundary issue with the parents um, and hopefully give them more flexibility to be on your team Do you with think that. Maybe that's why a lot of people struggle with the in-law relationship, not so much between the direct, like me and my mother-in-law relationship, mm-hmm. but how my spouse or partner feels about what my relationship to their mother or father is like. Mm-hmm. Cause that would kind of make a lot of sense, you yeah. know, cause yeah. you were just interacting with that in-law and they, you would just say fuck off, you know, <laughs> like, or, or you, you, you would know ghost I mean. them. <laughs> <laughs> just like, bye <laughs> you know we're not friends <laughs> we're not friends anymore um yeah i never yeah. thought about it that way before that it's kind of more about yeah it kind of is more about how your partner feels about how you feel about their parent yeah and it you know it, it's just so complicated because it's like the way that we are with our nuclear family mm-hmm. is usually a little bit different from the way that we are with our partners it's so true and so oh, yeah. it's this uncomfortable merging of these two worlds and there's a rift there because some of us kind of play a different role in our family than we do in our relationship. Yeah, and sometimes I guess vice versa well, from what yeah. we're talking about like I have expectations for how Grayston might de- interact mm-hmm. with his mother or father mm-hmm. and be like, well, just tell them no. Right. Yeah. And you know, I tell my parents no. Right. Or uh-huh. yeah, or, or even like thinking like comparing maybe gray to your dad of like my dad would stand up and say something like uh, that's a whole other issue, <laughs> you know but i know that like with with like with ev sometimes it's like i don't i'm not super like ver- like you know verbal with my parents in the sense where i'll just tell them to be like how dare you and like shut them down yeah. mm-hmm. but my dad's like wired in a way that's very um like he's very dominant in that mm. sense. Like he'll kind of just say it how it is. He's where I got the complaint at the hotel yeah. vibes from. He is very vocal about stuff, but like Evan's not wired that way so much. And so it's kind of like when I'll see certain things with the family, I'll be, I'll compare it and I'll be like, well, you know, my dad, when he used to interact with my mom's parents <laughs> like would be this mm-hmm. way. And like, why aren't you being that yeah. way? Mm-hmm. But that's got, like you said, I guess, cause we all come from different like, fa- like cultures in our family. Like yeah. that's what you know. Well, and I know sometimes I've overstepped boundaries with that person's parents. So sometimes I've been talking to Grace's parents and we'll be like, well, you know, Grayston, he does this, 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 and that. And used mm-hmm. to do this, this, and that in college. And <laughs> Grayston's like, <laughs> Why are you, why are you saying this? You know, and I'm 
like, say. it's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah. I talk to my parents like about that all the time. You can say that to my parents about me, you right? know, mm-hmm. and it's like not setting boundaries of how mm-hmm. he wants to protect himself and his relationship with his yeah. parents and not having me overstep that boundary. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. You can't set up That's boundaries for other people. Too many fences to, <laughs> to walk around with. It's like a maze. Yeah. yeah. Is that something that people um, like try to do? frequently like try to basically create other people's boundaries oh that's yeah create boundaries for others i feel like i try to do that with evan all the time i try to like decide like you're too loyal you need to uh-huh. understand this person screwing you over you should interact this way with your parents yeah, and actually, i'm like I creating do, i do it for other people all the time yeah. like in fact actually i've done it with my in-laws or with his parents being like telling you know his mom well you shouldn't let that person do that like cut them off cut yeah. them off you know uh-huh. <laughs> that's probably not the healthy way to go about interacting with someone is trying to tell them what's healthiest for yeah. them is that something that like you see frequently people trying to yeah i mean i think that could be you know you could put any topic subject at the top of that sentiment and and say yes yeah especially in relationships you know and people who are helpful or empaths we want to help people be happier and healthier Mm, and live their best life and not be drained by vampire relationships and (laughs) things like that and some of us just want to watch the world burn (laughs) dump him and then there's becca over there (laughs) you don't need them yes you do gosh oh We're no for guilty. me for me i'm like i could never <laughs> but with my friends i'm like you better end it now uh, totally. make it hard like you know yeah. sign the divorce papers <laughs> kick him out you deserve better yeah i mean i really think that we're all guilty of that but actually mm-hmm. that kind of brings me back to the sentiment of advice giving mm-hmm. and oh. and that's kind of what that is right we're giving right. people advice on what their boundaries should be advice most of the time yeah. probably 90 percent of the time and so one of the things that I learned about um, in graduate school as to why in therapy you don't give advice, but really this could be in all things, all relationships in life, um, is when you give someone advice and they take it and it goes well, then the advice giver gets all the credit mm. and it's not empowering that person oh, to be like, I figured this oh, out. Wow. And on the flip side, if you give someone advice and it goes poorly, <laughs> then they have a scapegoat. And they don't have to take responsibility for their actions. Wow. So it's actually not that helpful when you think about it in that way. Yes. Um, It's not very empowering either. Yes. Wow. I never thought about that at all. Yeah. It stuck with me because it seems powerful. Becca had to depart because sweet little Ruthie had to be fed and mama's gonna do what mama's gonna do speaking of boundaries <laughs> she's like gotta mama's record broads but mama's out of here um that's such an interesting perspective though thinking about taking the power away in that way um when you are not the one who or if you're the one giving the advice because mm-hmm. i think so often like yeah i i'll give people advice too much I think Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I'm literally having like flashbacks of two nights ago when Uh I had maybe had like one too many glasses of wine and like lectured one of my friends for 45 (laughs) minutes at the bar and I'm just like I gotta text her (laughs) sorry girl (laughs) (laughs) but no like that's the thing it's like to be able to own your own decisions Mm -hmm. however they may be um Mm -hmm. that feels so powerful now is there a line 
Because I'm just trying to think of if there's situations where it's like, no, you have to give this person advice. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that rarely things are super black and white. Um, So, yeah, for sure. There's time like if someone's in an abusive relationship, that would be a time to speak up um, and let them know what you're thinking. But also just be there as a support system no matter what. Right. kind of more extreme situations, I think that advice is good. And obviously, you know, I just gave a piece of advice yeah, oh no, three of minutes ago. Well, so you're saying we're on a podcast, so it's all about <laughs> advice. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no one's empowered yeah, here. Yeah, sorry. You can blame us on all your issues <laughs> if you have them. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I think it's... Um, it's interesting because I think about you said that you're a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's something that I, in my life, then the advice is something that in maybe in a fake way will empower me mm. where I'm kind of like, okay, if I'm going to be a people pleaser and people are going to be relying on me, like mm. I'm gaining my power from that. Mm-hmm. And it does ultimately make me, a little bit resentful at times, but when you word it the way saying like, it's not empowering the person and also like it will make me the scapegoat, which then mm-hmm. turns out then I, it's so true. Cause it's like, I've seen so many relationships where I'm like, I'm giving you everything and I'm holding it over your head quietly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's also, it's then you're looking at me and you're able to blame me for things. And then yeah. that just causes more and more problems in the relationship. Yeah. It can be a slippery slope. Yeah, the people pleasing thing can be can be pretty intense. Yeah, <laughs> there's just so much. We had an enneagram episode recently, um, and we talked all about people pleasing and, um, or sorry, we talked all about the different numbers. Mm-hmm. And there's numerous numbers of uh, people that tend to be people pleasers, and we got mm-hmm. so many DMs from people being like, "I knew this was my number because yes. I am wired um, so deeply this I'm way." A two. You're a two. <laughs> But I've got like, you know, I've was, got like quite a bit of two in me. I was going to ask if your four tattoo is yes, my four tattoo. Enneagram. I love it's it. <laughs> Such a four. Such a four <laughs> thing to do. Um, but yeah, you know, with people pleasing, mm-hmm. can you touch on that a little bit um, regarding just as a people pleaser, how am I doing myself harm? Mm-hmm. So I kind of think about people pleasing tightly related to codependence in some ways. Mm -hmm. So you're doing yourself harm in the sense, sometimes Mm -hmm. in the sense of um, not learning how to listen to yourself or trust yourself. So I mentioned earlier that a lot of my clients come in wanting to work on people pleasing behaviors and also figuring out ways to trust themselves and listen to themselves for decision making. And those two things are so tightly correlated because when you're always looking for other people to reassure you and validate you, which is a lot of what people pleasing is, Mm -hmm. is this okay? Did you like this? Um, You're not really tuning in with if you like that. If you're okay with it. And that's such like um, a boundary. Yeah, it's all so connected. It's so connected. I heard a study recently. um, I heard a study recently saying that something like 50 to 55% of people 
consider themselves to be highly stressed. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, that's a horrifying statistic. Yeah. Like 50, half people, half of the people think that they're highly stressed. Um, and I think how much of my life, the stress comes from not listening to like my inner voice and knowing mm. that this is, this is my limit. These are the people in my life that push that mm -hmm. or who cross the boundaries, but I continue to allow it because I am a people pleaser mm -hmm. and how much of my stress dissipates in those moments where I decide to be like, listen, you need to make yourself the priority. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to get into that in a second. But yeah, the idea of making yourself a priority without feeling guilty about it. Yes. Which was like such a journey for me. I actually recently hosted a workshop where that was the topic. It was making space for you and finding out ways to create space in your life mm. for things that fill you up and that give you energy so that you can feel full and when you need to you can pour into others oh my goodness space for you mm -hmm. i need that Making okay i want to talk you. about that in a second um but speaking of uh the health girl fall earlier this company this company does it all for me serves me food filled with greens and substance check health hello serves me delicious food and you know something tasty in my mouth is a self-care check health and they make that delectable food incredibly quick and easy to make, which saves me time and allows for a breath in my crazy, sometimes not crazy, but just that life, which is a huge check health. It's the best, the best. It's Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest, that thoughtfully sourced chef-crafted food that can be prepared in less than five minutes. Fill your box with more than 65 different options like ready-to-blend smoothies, hearty soups, and savory harvest bowls. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to eat it, which I love because sometimes I find myself not buying certain fruits and veggies because I'm like, I'm not sure how fast I'm going to eat these and I don't want them to go bad, but not with Daily Harvest. They are ready for you when you are ready. Um, each Daily Harvest cup takes one step to prepare with room for customization. You can add your favorite milk to a smoothie and blend or heat up a harvest bowl and top it with avocado or fried egg, a little bit of hot hot sauce for myself. That's my jam. Um, I'm a huge fan of their smoothies, but lately I've actually been ordering a lot of the harvest bowls and I love them. I love the cauliflower rice and pesto bowl and Ember loves the sweet potato and wild rice hash bowl. Such a great, quick, easy meal for the kiddos or the family. And like I said before, daily harvest is a fantastic gift. I have gotten them for numerous baby shower mamas, my parents, um, the sweet girl that I used to babysit who is now off on her way to college. Oh my gosh, I'm old but yes please please yourself with daily harvest bless yourself with daily harvest but also bless those around you with daily harvest it truly is the best uh, go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code chatty to get $25 off your first box that's promo code chatty for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com that's dailyharvest.com um so what you were saying about making space for you um Oof, that hits home for me big time um, because I feel like there are so many people um, out there who give too much of themselves with the best of intentions and then it just dries you to the core. And um, for instance, I have um, 
someone who was is close to the family, who he was a pastor, and then he started working at this home, this uh, homeless uh, rescue mission that's in Los Angeles, and he's like un, an unbelievable human being, and he was just giving everything, like the best of the best type of person taking care of everyone. Um, but he started to struggle big time because he didn't have anything to give it, or he didn't have anything left for himself. And what a powerful thing to think about the fact that when you don't have anything left for yourself, those people around you ultimately end up suffering because you need that. Is that kind of like how the workshop that you were, uh, that you had that was the discussion yeah it was similar to that um on that note I just always think of that metaphor of like being on an airplane putting on your own oxygen mask first right and then helping the person next to you because you can't really help if you're passed out right oh my gosh that's such a good visual (laughs) yeah I like I can find myself forgetting that sometimes. And then, like you said, that resentment kicks in. And Mm -hmm. that's when I know I'm like, girl, you're doing it. Even though, to be completely honest with you, sometimes I've come to learn about myself that my intentions are not always pure. It is that people-pleasing, like, aspect of I want people to like me. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Please like me. Um, But I I know it's been a huge, huge journey for me because... um, I, for instance, used to run, I was really involved in a church and I used to run um, this small group with a, a group of these amazing girls who would come over and I loved spending time with them, um, but with my marriage and I was super busy at work, um, giving all that emotionally because, you know, there were a lot of people who they wanted to get coffee and have advice constantly and be wanting to hit me up for that. And it started to like literally break, break me down where I, that's when I was like, I've discussed on the podcast before that, um, I was diagnosed with bipolar, Mm -hmm. um, numerous years ago and it was like such this battle, but I kept it in like internalized as much yeah. as I could, except for of course, when I was alone with my poor husband who I ex- would explode on, <laughs> but because I just didn't have these boundaries, I yeah. looked at it and I said, okay, I'm helping these girls, right? They seem to be being affected in like a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm there for them. Mm-hmm. This is what I should be doing, right? Like I need to be serving people. But I found that through that, I was really eating away at myself and I was really like doing a huge disservice to my actual family because I had nothing left. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I said, okay, I need to make the boundary and I need to say that I can't do this anymore. Um, there were people who were upset and not just upset. People were like, or not just disappointed. Like people were upset about it. Um, because they were like, you need to keep doing this like it's something that you should be doing and just because I was it was something that I was decent at Mm -hmm. um but I had to just deal with knowing that I was going to disappoint people and potentially anger people um and when I did it it really changed everything for me and it was that step to realizing like hey you need to set that boundary yeah and you're doing a disservice to yourself Mm -hmm. because you're not able I think about people who, um, you know, maybe have like a parent who is ill. Like what are some suggestions for someone who is maybe in a situation like that where they're 
constantly having to care for somebody, um, how do they also focus on themselves? Yeah. So I think, you know, having an ill family member is probably one of the most difficult Mm -hmm. things, um, that that's very different from giving your time to an organization or, or something like that. Um, but I think, you know, it's such a a buzzword self-care, but self-care in whatever form that is to that person would I think be the most important thing. And also leaning on others, asking for help, not having the superhero complex of, I have to do it all on my own. Um, taking help when you can get it and taking a break when you can. But there are sometimes situations in life where it is sort of on you. Yeah. And it just is hard. And there's not really an easy answer or a way to get out of that besides just really paying attention to what you need and giving yourself those those needs as as often as you can. And then trying not to necessarily, like, deal with or feel guilty Mm -hmm. needing to take those moments. Like, I think about people that I know who have children who are sick, and I go, first of all, like, superheroes like I don't even understand um but I know there's so much guilt and Mm -hmm. this is like this covers the gamut like so many people yeah um have so many struggles in their life and they have this guilt like they can't take that time and that moment for themselves and not like even like your typical buzzword self-care like you need to go get a massage and you need to go like hang out with the girls but just genuinely like I think of myself and I know that I'm am in such a incredible like situation here I am in Los Angeles with a family everyone's relatively healthy so for me like self-care can look like I'm gonna go get my nails done Mm -hmm. and like have a drink with the girls but Mm -hmm. there's so many people who don't have that as an option yes um so to just break past the guilt of like maybe you just need to have a breath sometimes Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to sit in your car an extra 15 minutes yeah, and just sit in silence yeah, or listen to your favorite podcast like Jenny Brad <laughs> or, <laughs> um, you know, treat yourself to a, a healthy meal that's going to mm. fill you up. And yeah, I mean, you know, when we think of self-care, we do think of like getting our nails done or right, getting a massage. Right. And sometimes that's wonderful. Sure. And sometimes it's investing your money in, in therapy or in a gym membership to move your body and Mm -hmm. and get your energy out, um, spending time in nature, you know, all those kinds of things. But yeah, I, I like the way that you're, you're kind of talking about this group of people who are very much so in the caretaker role and whoever they're taking care of is fully dependent on them. Um, and so finding a way to have someone else step in so that you can take a day's break or a weekend getaway, even if it's just at your own house, yeah. away from having to take care of someone, then that's what you have to do. Yeah. And not to feel guilty. That's yes. sort of the big thing. I think about like, I mean, like, like you were saying, caretaker and having someone who's sick is so intense. Um, but so many mo- mothers listen yes. to this podcast mm-hmm. and it's like, 
I know for me, I um, would have certain days, and I still do, where I am feeling like I'm going to lose my mind if I if my daughter pulls like on my arm one more time and keeps mm-hmm. asking me a question, and that sounds so terrible, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And you just feel so overwhelmed with everything. But I have started to really notice that when I allow myself to just be filled with guilt, and then I just end up never asking for help and just pushing myself too hard and being like, I have to look being Mm -hmm. a mother has to look like this. I have to be there for my kid in this way, this way, and that way. And I push myself too hard because of the guilt. It ends up, it ends up coming out on her in a negative way because I'm snappy. I'm not emotionally available the way that I'd like to be versus when I all of a sudden go, you know what? I need to dial in a favor and I need a friend to come over and watch her for like an hour Mm -hmm. or I need to ask my mom and I feel guilty because my mom's busy, but I have to do it. And I may walk away after dropping my daughter off at my mom's house still feeling guilty because I can tell that she's busy and stressed. But at the same time, it's like if she said, okay, I have to take her word Mm -hmm. and know that it's okay for me to have this moment and like this breath um, because it's not doing my daughter any favors. (laughs) Yeah, to to feel welcomed, to take advantage of the opportunities that come up Mm -hmm. or to be able to create those opportunities and know that that's actually probably what's best for your child in that moment. Because as you're saying, you know, if you're feeling frustrated and snappy and um, like you have no patience left, then that's actually a gift that you're giving her. And yourself by taking a step away. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely nothing to feel guilty about. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a parent, but I know that that parent guilt is so real. So I don't want to invalidate that because I'm sure even if you tell yourself those messages, you'll probably still feel guilty. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like it's definitely just as, it's just as real as any guilt. You know what I mean? It's just more of the ever present guilt because they're always just kind of there. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, it's been, like I said, though, it has been good practice because I, and put in a situation where I don't feel like I have the option. Whereas Mm -hmm. in before when I felt like I could kind of have the option to, Mm -hmm. um, just make myself eventually do it. I wasn't maybe in as high of a stress situation before that I would just continue to people please and say yes. And, you know, feel resentful. Or even when I was talking about like my in-laws just being like, okay, I'll just go with it. And being in that situation has allowed for more of like, okay, I don't have an option Mm -hmm. anymore. And I want to like, I just feel so grateful that I, met certain people in my life and people like talking to you where like you feel this freedom and validation. Like I can say no, I can set up a boundary. Cause you know, some of the things I'm thinking of as you're saying these things is that there's nothing wrong with sometimes doing things you don't want to do of course, and, yeah. and serving people in certain ways. Um, but yeah, we can't just dig our heels down yeah. always, right? <laughs> We're having this like anything. empowering conversation, but it's also like, yeah, well, I just don't feel like doing that. So I'm totally. never going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the balance and the art of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, also really paying attention to your energy. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling drained or not? If you're mm-hmm. feeling pretty full of energy, it's probably a good time to, do something for someone to people please a little bit right. in a healthy way. You know right. what I mean? Right. Maybe do something you don't want to do because it's really going to benefit someone yeah. else. Um, but if you're feeling really drained and like you're on empty, mm-hmm. then that's probably not the time to do that. Um, I also want to acknowledge that there's a lot of privilege with 
everything that we're talking about. Absolutely. So not everyone has the privilege of saying no to everything Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't serve them. Um, and they have to work a bunch of jobs and, and they don't have help with their kids or with their sick relative that they're taking care of. Mm -hmm. And they don't get to sit in their car for 10 extra minutes because who's going to do all the things that they need to do. So I just want to acknowledge that piece a little bit too. Um, and then jumping back to when you were talking about leading the small group, I was thinking of a phrase that my mom used to say actually, which is a need is not a calling. And so just because there's a need for something doesn't mean that it's on you to fulfill that. Um, and sometimes that can just be kind of freeing to think about it in that way. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get that tattooed on my face. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) Right across. So I can look in the mirror and be like, listen. Yeah. Make it backwards. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Wow. No, that's so, that's so powerful. Um, do you have any maybe tips for our listeners, just kind of like basic ways that they can um, kind of, I mean, you're a therapist, mm-hmm. so obviously like I know you'll probably say like, hey, it's, please trust us. Yeah. I'm going, yeah, can I, can I give you a call later? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, are there ways that people can grow, that mm-hmm. people can um, just practical tips that with the, the topics that we were talking about today, like with boundaries, um, with uh, people pleasing mm-hmm. and growth. Yeah. So I think one of the easiest ways are it's not easy, but the simplest way to do that is to just start trying to become really self-aware mm-hmm. and notice your thoughts, because oftentimes we have just these like shoot from the knee automatic thoughts that, that rush into our head. And, um, if we stop and we start paying attention to what those messages are that we're saying about ourselves and about others and about the world, that can be a really good indicator for areas where maybe you need to slow down, pay more attention, give yourself a little bit of kindness, um, maybe challenge your thoughts in a little bit of certain ways. Um, and, Another thing that I often recommend is downloading one of those meditation apps. Yeah. Um, I use the Calm app. um, And this is not an ad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I use the Calm app. I think that that's a great way to just not only ease anxiety, Mm -hmm. it helps with depression, um, but just really get to know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. and, and pay attention again to what, what you're saying to yourself, negative self-talk, positive self-talk, all those things. If you can kind of shift the messages that you're telling yourself, you can shift a lot in your life, but also come to therapy, <laughs> but also trust. I've been many times before best thing I've ever done for myself is yeah. start to go to therapy. Yeah. There, and you know, I know that therapy can be really expensive. There's community centers all over the place. There's all sorts of resources where you can get affordable therapy. Yeah. It, it is a game changer. It has been something for me. So everyone, you know, I know, gosh, it's such an LA thing. Like you go to therapy, right. But I'm like, but it's, but it's for real. (laughs) I promise Mm -hmm. it's worth it. Go to therapy and meditate. Um, (laughs) I know, right. (laughs) Drink your green juice. Yeah. Um, But thank you so much for coming. I just feel like such a great sense of like, 
I don't know, validation. Oh, so I, I appreciate that. And um, is there any place that our listeners can check you out on? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at therapy with Sarah with an H dot or therapy with Sarah. Mm-hmm. And then my website is therapy with Sarah.com. Amazing. Well, we'll put that in the episode note broads. Awesome. And remember, take care of yourself. Give yourself an extra bit of patience for the rest of this week. Over this weekend, as we go into it, it's Thursday today, I think. Um, yeah, be patient with yourself. Set those boundaries. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to um, don't be afraid to say no. But also just keep loving the world around you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, broads. Chat soon. <laughs> <laughs>